been in this topic, and the, and the, the, the title has been Yours or Mine. And the question that, that I've challenged you to ask uh, is, is the God, if you're a Jesus follower, and, and, I, and I know that there's people here that uh, maybe come from different belief backgrounds and, uh, or maybe different religion, or some of you uh, come from very conservative Christian homes. Some of you are brand new to what this is. You're working through what that might be. And then there's maybe some of you that are just skeptical. You're here, a friend brought you. But if you are deciding that I am going to follow Jesus, one of the things that you've got to ask, uh, and this is the challenge that I've been challenging you with, is, is the God you're worshiping, the God you're following, the God you're obeying as you make decisions, as you, uh, as you navigate, whether it's uh, different um, moral issues uh, or, or just direction with life. You have to ask, and, and, and you've got to be able to reconcile, is the God I'm worshiping the God of the Bible? Because so often uh, you, will, you will see uh, or hear um, people talking about God, and, and I'll hear them talking about God, and I'll go, wait a second, that God that you're following that's telling you to do that isn't the God that I see in Scripture. And, and, and sometimes even in our own lives, we have to be really, really careful because of influences, because of even spiritual leaders in that, because um, we all have our biases, we all have our wants and needs, and, and we all want to find, uh, whether it's scripture or whatever, to support those views, but we have to be really careful because um, if we don't pay attention um, and continue to go back to God's word, we will slowly do the, what I said, like a build-a-bear God, where you've taken bits and pieces of things you like and said, that's my God, I'm going to worship that, and the problem is, oftentimes, that is not the God of the Bible. And so week one, we just walk through these different characteristics of God, and I just asked you, are these the characteristics of the God you worship? Right? Is, is the, the creator, uh, omnipotent, um, omniscient, um, omnipresent, all, all these things, sovereign over everything, right? Uh, the creator. And, and so you're, you're sitting there, and you're having to ask, is the God I worship, does that align with the God we read about? And so that, that then carries over into the decisions you make uh, in your life. It, it carries over into, um, one, how you make a decision, but whether something is right or wrong, where does that come from for you, right? When you think about, well, uh, God clearly says to do this or he clearly says to not do that, well, how do you land that if you've kind of built up your own God. And what happens is you see people confused. The water is really muddy as to what's right or wrong. Uh, and you start to see people do things, and they're doing things that contradict Scripture, and yet they say they're following God. And that's when it's tough, right? When you literally have somebody, and maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a sibling, um, whatever, um, and, uh, and, and, and you're like, your lives, you're both like, by the way you talk, you're in agreement. Maybe you even like, hey, man, we both go to Ecclesia, whatever, all this. And, and maybe, maybe you're like that, but then all of a sudden you see an area and both of you see it very differently. And now you're in this position, right, uh, this, this position that none of us want to be in, where you're seeing something in a friend and it doesn't align with what you read about in here but they say, no, I'm good. 
I'm doing, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, and, they, and maybe they even say some verses, or maybe they, they say, well, I heard this, or I listened to this podcast, or that. And, and, and so here you are going, man, that's not right. Like, I know that's not right. And so tonight what I want to talk about is what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Okay, so many of you, um, I would say even in the last month and a half, have met with me or just pulled me aside, and, um, and there's been conversations about how do you approach somebody that you either care about, um, a, a close friend, um, you know, somebody that's confided in you. How do you approach them when there's something going on in their life that clearly is against God's word, and yet they don't have a problem with it? So what do you do? Because are we like trying to lose friends? No, I've, I've literally never met anyone in my life that's like, man, my goal, Steve, is just to lose as many friends as I can. Um, I'm up to 10. I'm trying to get to 15. So it's a tough balance, right? Like I've never met anybody that's None of us want to lose friends. None of us do, right? We, we, every single person... Like we crave community, we were designed that way. So when we lose that in any way, it hurts. It hurts. When there's a disconnect there, that hurts. And so, and so what do we do uh, in those uh, situations? And so that's what I want to talk about. But you guys, since it's the last night, I, I, I want to really um, challenge some of you who maybe this is the last time I'm going to get to talk to you. Um, when you think about the gods you worship, do you base your beliefs and obedience to him off of the Bible, or is there somewhere else you're getting that? I want you to ask that. And this is more for you for moving forward, because, you know, I, for some of you, you're moving. I'm not going to be, like, there, you know. Uh, so how are you basing your beliefs? How are you basing your obedience? Um, and, and one of the things that every single person uh, when we talk about um, growing in your faith, the thing that I challenge people with is growing in your faith requires a commitment to lifelong studying of Scripture. That, that's, like, that is a commitment for the long haul, and, and it needs to be because you never fully understand everything right? Like we're even told that. You're never going to fully understand, fully comprehend. But the moment I find in my life, I start disconnecting myself from that rhythm. Everything else starts to become more confusing, less clear. Um, and, and I see temptations, right, start to come into my life. So that's something that's huge. And I want you to think about what is your plan moving forward for that? What is your plan? Uh, whether it's church, whether it's personal study, what are you basing the decisions you're going to make uh, off of? And so you've got to answer that question as you think about the things that are coming in your uh, life. And so as, as we talk about navigating this, I want to specifically speak to now friendships, okay? Uh, friendships. This is, this is so important, and, and I want to clarify that it's friendships, it's not acquaintances, uh, because we have enough issues from people who jump into other people's business when it's none of their business, okay? Right? Um, have you ever had someone that doesn't know you at all jump into your world and say stuff to you? And you're like, bro, I don't even know you. Like, who are you? Now, that happens to me all the time because I'm a pastor. So someone in the community or they're healed something about me and be like, hey, you're like, and I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. What? Like, <laughs> let's rewind that train. What, 
what, who are you? Hi, okay, now let's talk, okay? Um, and, and a lot of times it's bringing clarity. So the very first thing I want to be clear on, this is not you like looking into different friend groups that you're not in at all, situations or other people that you don't know them, you don't know their story, and all of a sudden you feel like you are the divine anointed savior that needs to go in and clean it all up when you don't even know what's going on there, right? That's that, so that we're not talking about that. In fact, you guys, the more you read God's word, uh, the more you realize God's word is a mirror. What does a mirror do? It reflects you, right? It's not for binoculars, okay? Too often we read God's word and use it as binoculars versus what it's designed to be as a mirror, okay? And that is something that we can get caught up in really, really easily, Okay, so it, it always, first and foremost, should be something that's revealing me. Okay, um, and, and oftentimes when it stops doing that, that's when we start to pick it up and we're like looking at other people and their situations. So I want to be really clear. This is somebody that you're approaching that uh, maybe it's a roommate. Okay, so you're in their world, they're in yours. Maybe it's a close friend. Um, and, and maybe it's somebody that you hang out with a lot in different circles. And so this is not just some random thing. This is somebody that, uh, that, that you've gotten to know for a while. Uh, they know you care about them. There's already a, an established relationship. And so there is the ability to have difficult conversations. Do you guys all understand this? You're all hanging with me. Okay, I just want to be really, really clear on that because I've done these teachings before and stuff has happened and I'm like what and they're like well you said that and I'm like mm. <sighs> you know um, so the question how do I approach a friend or someone I'm close with who's doing something contradictory to the Bible and yet saying it's okay what do I do okay so here's the fir very first thing you need to ask do I know where I stand on the issue okay so that's the first thing Remember, the temptation when you see something that's doing something that you don't like is to make it about them. And I always have to challenge even myself and go, wait, where do I stand on this? So let's get that clear, okay? So when you see something in someone else and, and, it, and it's like there's a tension or you go, man, that's wrong, you got to ask, where do I stand on this? Because oftentimes we don't ask that question. We just approach someone, we go, I don't like that. But we have to ask, what, um, you know, where do I stand on this issue, because here's the other thing. It's really tough to call someone out, approach someone in love on an issue if you don't know where you stand on the issue, right? And that happens a lot. Um, I've had people come up to me, I, hey, I called out so-and-so on this, um, but then they said something to me, and it confused me. And they go, well, did, were you prepared for that, or did you? No, I didn't even think about it. You didn't think that they would ask you a question in return, and you went at them? I go, you got to think about that. Okay, so you've got to ask, where do I stand on this? Okay, before you're going to go after somebody else, you've got to ask, where do I stand? Um, and then you've got to make sure that you get understanding on the topic. If it's a specific topic, right, you've got to, you've got to know your source, where you've gotten that. And then next, out of love, get clarity from them. Everybody say, from them. That is so big. It's so elementary, and yet we don't do it, Right? We listened to someone so-and-so's friend who so-and-so said saw so-and-so at this so-and-so place, right? And then we've got a whole narrative, right, that we're, that we're falling into. Always make sure that you um, get the information from them. Hear from them. 
That's, that's like, that's 101. If you work for me uh, on staff, that's, that's the thing I will always ask you. Did you hear it from, who did you hear that from? Uh, or did you talk to that person? Did you, <laughs> Jazz, did you, did you, did you, did you, did you go to that person? Yeah, where's Jocelyn? Yeah, you know. Um, did you, did you go to that person? Okay, we'll go to the person, right? I mean, that's biblically what we're called to do. So go to the person, okay? Um, guys, we don't do that. We don't do that. And that's, that's so important because you have to hear them. You've got to hear them. If I just come at you, guys, think if I did that to you. Think if, I, if one of your friends came up to me and said, hey, so-and-so, they're out doing this and doing that. And all of a sudden, I say, hey, can I meet with you? And you're like, okay. I, you know, and, and then I come in just hot. Like, I mean, I'm coming in for coffee, and I'm like, hey, what's going on? I've heard you're doing this, you're doing that. What's going on? You're like, you're like, I will never go back to your church again. Like, right? Like, there's no conversation from that. As opposed to me what? Having coffee and being like, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? I've heard that you're wrestling with some stuff. Talk to me. What, what are you working through right now? What's going on? Where are you at with God? Right? I'm, I'm trying to understand and hear them where they're at. What, what's going on? Where are they coming from? That is so important to hear from the person, okay? Because that is when you actually hear their heart, okay? That is also where you get grace for someone else, is when you hear them, okay? Um, so that's so important. We've got to find out what is motivating their behavior, right? There is a motivating factor behind everything we do. So what is motivating their behavior? And we also have to find out how they're justifying their actions, right? Because something's motivating that behavior, and then in their mind, something is saying, this is okay for me. Something, okay? And, and I don't pretend I know that. I want to find that out, but I can't find that out if I don't, have, if I don't listen. And so I want to find out, like, like if, if one of you, and you're, and you're clearly doing something that, and, and your friends are concerned and all this, and you and I meet, I'm going to try and understand what, what inside of you is saying, hey, this is okay, that, 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 that this is okay. I can, I can still follow God and all this and still uh, do uh, this. And so we've got to understand that because too often we jump to conclusions about someone else when we don't know the whole uh, story. And sometimes we don't even know the truth, to be honest. Sometimes we just don't even know the truth. I, I can't tell you how many times I've walked away and gone, that is not at all what I heard about them. Like, that is totally different. And, and that's so important. So sometimes we don't even know the truth. James 1, 19, I love this verse. It, uh, it says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. So I want to be quick to hear. That is something that's so important at, as a Jesus follower, is to be quick to hear, quick to listen. You know, in our day and age, um, we... We judge success off of who was loudest, don't we? Who was the loudest? Who, who came across the harshest? And it's kind of like they're like the ones that win, which is so unhealthy. Okay, So we, as Jesus followers, we want to be quick to listen. We want to be quick to, to hear, 
right? We want to be slow to uh, speak, slow to anger. And then after we gain understanding, after we've listened to this person, we've heard their heart, we've heard what's motivating them for this decision or this way that they're living, we've heard how they're justifying that, then after we gain that understanding, our job is to do our best to connect them to truth. Okay? I want you to think about, there's, there's, this is, what, this is a huge part that, you guys, you have to be focused on. Your job is to connect them to truth. Your job is, is not to um, force them into truth. Okay? Um, and some of you have tried that. I've tried it. I've tried it. And guess what? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I have tried to change people's hearts as best I could, the best arguments I can think of. And guess what? I can't. I just can't. And so I have to do my best to, when I approach that, not to like win the argument, win the conversation, right? I have to do my best to connect them to truth. That's, that's totally different, right, than a, lot of the time, than a lot of the ways we approach these things. Most of the time we approach, how do I get them to see my opinion, and, and that can't be the motivating factor. The motivating factor for change is not your truth, it's God's truth. And so they, and, and they're not going to, most of the time, it's not going to be you that wins them. It's going it, to, it's got to be, and it's got to be God. And so my, the best that I can do in any situation where I'm going to call out a friend or try and draw alongside a friend is to help them see truth. Okay, I actually have to help them see truth outside of even me, outside of my opinion and all of that, and i got to help them arrive at that conclusion. Whenever I have a conversation with someone from a different religion, and I love having those conversations, it is not about me winning. It's not. It's never about like me closing the door and being like, hey, honey, guess what I just did? <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, their tail is between their legs. Yeah, their long walk there. Uh, yeah, I just showed them, you know, like, like, no, whenever I have a conversation with someone from a different religious background, I am trying to listen, hear them, and then do my best to connect them to God's truth, because that's the only thing that can change anybody, okay? And so your job, my job, if we're going to try and help a friend, draw alongside a friend in an area that there's confusion, because a lot of times it's just confusion for them, um, or even if it's like, they're, no, they're, they're making this, they want to make that. My job is to at least have both of us walk away with them knowing this is what God's word says about this. Like, that's the goal, right? I, I don't want them to get caught up in, well, Steve doesn't like me. Steve hates me, and Steve just sees the world. No, it's not. It, it can't be about me. It can't be about you. It's like, let me help you see why, I've, why I think this way. I think this way because it seems to me that this is pretty clear here in what it says in God's word about this. And, and, and so um, that's the goal, is, is that. Now, you also have to just remember, you guys, when you have these conversations, we all want a 100% success rate, don't we? But you also have to just realize right now, when you have these conversations, that a lot of people don't want truth. Okay? There's people that don't want it. Like, there's people that don't want to hear it. That happens where you will have a conversation and they will literally, they don't want to hear it. So you can't, like, like I said, once again, you can't force them. You do your best. You do your best to present uh, truth uh, to them and help them connect to that 
truth. And uh, if you've already studied and gotten wise biblical counsel on the truth, then you share that with them, okay? You share that with them. Now, uh, once again, maybe they don't want to hear it, or maybe they don't want to hear it just from you. We have to have the self-awareness to go, they don't want to listen to me here. And so in those, uh, in those times, I want you to know that you need to identify maybe some spiritual leaders or those that have spiritual authority that that person will listen to and, and, and utilize them. I have been utilized in so many of those conversations uh, where someone said, hey, they're, they're not... They don't want to listen to me. They said they'll listen to you if, if you'll meet with them. Will you meet with them? I'll be like, yeah, I'll meet with them. I've met with lots of, of, of young adults through the years over these types of things. And then I've also met with parents of young adults um, and, and, and just talked to them as well about the situations, about walking through it, all, all of those uh, things, because it is getting more and more difficult as, as culture is just getting more and more warped and things are getting more and more, uh, becoming more and more hard to just like define, you know, where to land on some of these things. And with all these competing voices, competing biblical voices, it's even more difficult uh, to go, how do, where, where do I go with this? And so it, utilize me, utilize a, a spiritual leader that you know, that you trust, uh, that can understand uh, what needs to happen and can direct that person. Okay, that's really really uh, important, okay? Uh, so the key is they need to be connected to biblical truth, not my opinion. Um, and then the other piece that you need to be prepared for is how to contextualize scripture that they may use to justify their position, okay? That's really important. So you have to understand, once again, they're coming from somewhere, and if they're telling you, well, I don't, I don't see what's wrong with what I'm doing, then you have to be prepared to um, give a, an answer to maybe the verses or the section in Scripture that they're taking and using to confirm their position. Okay, so that's, that's really important, too, to be able to contextualize um, what is, is happening there to justify uh, their position. So, um, guys, I can't tell you how many times it's just taking things out of context uh, that leads people into certain, or just not even understanding the context, that, that takes people down different roads, and that, is, that, that happens so often. Okay, So the goal, the overall goal of the whole conversation uh, is leading them to James chapter 121. James chapter 121, uh, it says this, Therefore, put away all filthiness, it says, and rampant wickedness, and it says, receive with meekness, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Okay, so the goal is always that through this conversation, through them being willing to receive God's word, they will be then willing to remove some of these things that need to be removed. Right? That's the heart, that's, that's the goal, that, that through that conversation, they would be willing to receive the implanted word, which it says is able to save your souls. John 17, 17 uh, says, sanctify them in the truth, your word is truth. Now, sanctification is the journey towards becoming more like God uh, in your actions, in your growth. So that's, 
how it happens. He says, literally sanctify them in what? In, there you go, there you go. And the truth is what? What? God's word, right? There you go, there you go, there you go, okay? So that's what we want, right? We want to sanctify in the truth. Your word is truth. So that's the goal, that they're going to receive uh, truth. Now, here is the biggest areas uh, that, I, that I hear about, okay? Um, when it comes to the issues that, that people are battling, uh, the areas uh, or issues that people are struggling with when it comes to um, other people, friendships, um, and, and all of that. These are the questions that I'll say I get asked the most, okay? And, and so just hang with me. These are the ones, right? I get asked about drugs all the time, okay? That's a popular one. I get asked about drugs a lot. Um, sex, I get asked a lot about sex um, and, and, and that. Um, and, and I would say predominantly uh, anything to do with your body, I get asked a lot questions about those things when it comes to your age demographic. Okay, would you all agree with those things? Are those a lot of the questions you guys get at? Yeah, yeah, okay, see? Yeah, we're on the same page. Okay, so the first thing that you have to communicate with somebody, because in a lot of these issues in particular, people will use uh, an argument that essentially is saying, that that was good for then, this is a different day and age. You heard that one? Okay, so that is a very, that is a very real thing that people will say. And then my response to, to that is, um, you guys, God's word is timeless. Okay, so yes, in God's word, you will see them, uh, God addressing specific things in a specific time period to a specific group of people dealing with specific issues, okay? You will see that, right? Um, but uh, that uh, is powerful then for them, and it's just as powerful as for us today, although the issues may be different, right? Um, and, and what's crazy is in the New Testament, you see a lot of the same issues, to be honest. Like, it's really tough when you start actually looking to what uh, he's talking to in the New Testament, Paul in particular, you see a lot of the same types of way of thinking, struggles, uh, theology. Uh, there's a lot of similarities to right now, and it's very, very helpful. And so, you know, sometimes when someone says, well, that's for then, this is different, I'll actually talk to them about history a little bit. And what was going on, when this was written, who it was written to, the challenges that they were navigating through. And every single time the person I'm talking to goes, wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. And I go, yeah, it is. Kind of like right now, huh? I'm like, yeah. And then, and then we go, okay, so let's talk about that. You know, because Hebrews 13.8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Okay, so um, the beauty is he's not like, he's not like this once again, oh, he was there then, and he was totally different than he is now. No, he is the same then. He, he's the same when he walked, and he's the same forever, right? So who he is, what he did, how he modeled it, what he communicated, it is the same thing, okay? It's the same, and, and it's critical. It's important. The heart hasn't changed. The message hasn't changed. It is the same. It was good then, and it's good for now, and it's good forever, Okay, so I can take the, the, the fundamental teachings uh, and the ways that Jesus lived, how he walked, how he talked, I can take those and apply them today, 
Okay? And that's, that's really, really important. In Matthew 24, 35, he says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Okay? They will not pass away. They will be relevant. They will be alive. We, we read about God's words alive. It's active. Um, and so it connects to where we're at uh, today. And although there are some crazy things going on, technology and all of this, and you go, well, how does it? Well, he doesn't say anything about that. Well, no. Yeah, they didn't have that, okay? But there are ways to gain a proper heart, theology, understanding to even things that are being developed right now that are new, that have never been created, right, before. You can still come away with certain uh, answers to uh, that. So I want to just address this whole, and it's kind of an all-encompassing thing, and these are some verses that are pretty straightforward when it comes to uh, your body, okay? Because like I said, that's one of the big things that, um, I know you wrestle with, and I know it's what you're wrestling with with friends, is a lot of the decisions they're making are coming back to, uh, well, I can do what I want, right? I can, I can do, and I'm going to justify what I want to do what I want, um, because it's my body, right? I hear that all uh, the time. Here's what, here's what God's word says when it comes to your body, when it comes to drugs, when it comes to sex, all that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, it says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Okay, so whenever someone says, well, it's my body, I go, no, it's not. So let's start with that, right? And it's not me saying, no, it's not yours. It's God saying, it's not yours. Okay, so I want to be clear on that, right? So that's not a Steve thing. Uh, that's a scripture thing. If, if, if you're a Jesus follower and you're thanking God for that, right? You're thanking him for purchasing you, right? For, for paying for that. And so um, it is, my body is now his. And so I should be asking, how do I utilize my body to what? Bring glory to my creator. How do I use this to bring him glory? And we should all be thinking that way, right? So I have to, now I can take that into all these different contexts. You can take that into so many different things, can't you, right? In your dating relationship, right? How am I using my body to glorify God, right? Um, how am I helping the other person I'm dating glorify God, right? I, I, I can take this into what I put in my body, right? Is what I'm putting in my body helping me glorify God, right? Does it glorify God? Is it worthy of praise, right? You're like, right? And, and, and so it helps, it helps give me this grid, right? Uh, of, of the, you know, what I'm doing, it's glorifying something, it's glorifying somebody who is it glorifying, right? Um, and ultimately, if, if I'm making it all about me, I am choosing to glorify me, okay? And, and, and guys, this, this is every area. I mean, this is even what you eat, right? I mean, uh, gluttony, we're in America. And if, if, and if you question me on that, travel outside of the country. Okay? You'll, you'll literally go, American, American, American. Oh, you know, you will. Um, and, 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 and sometimes it's embarrassing. Like, I have been at resorts with my wife in different countries, and we, we're like, should we develop a fake accent? Like, this is embarrassing. Like, like it was just like, ah, uh, you know? Um, we're known for that. 
Like, and, 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 but it's like, it's socially acceptable, you know? But, but we have to ask, like, how are we taking care of the bodies he's given us? And that goes into so many areas, right? First uh, Peter 5.8 says, be sober-minded. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I love that verse. Why? Because it gives you the why, <laughs> right? Be sober-minded, okay? So I should be very aware of anything that takes my ability to think and to reason out of play. Anything that does that, I should be very concerned. Why? He tells you why. There's literally an enemy like a prowling lion seeking whom he may devour. So if I'm not sober-minded, and listen, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. Hey, raise your hand if you've been drunk before. I'm not going to have you do that, okay? But you know what I'm, I don't know what the percentage is, but you know what I'm talking about. When you are drunk, you are not making the best decisions. In fact, some of you, you literally, if you did your top five worst decisions, you'd be drunk, 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 right? Yeah. Why? Why? And, 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 and we've been in decisions, situations that, that we would never, that would never happen if we were what? Sober. Why? Because something took my mind and hurt my ability to reason, to think clearly, to think, man, God, what, how, how can I glorify you in this situation, right? And so that's, that is, that's one of the verses that that I go back to and I say, listen, you can say all that you want about, about this, but does it, uh, does, it, does it affect negatively your ability to think, to reason? Do, do you find yourself more inclined to fall into other things as a result of doing this? And you guys, the, it always leads to, well, yeah. And so you have to think about those things. And he gives you the why. He says there's literally an enemy working nonstop to bring you down, to get one of these mistakes, to be a domino into more, to get you to fall. And, and once again, he's not just trying to get you to fall. He, want, he wants to wreck your life. That's what he's interested in. He wants to wreck everything moving forward. He doesn't want to just wreck you. He wants to wreck you. He wants to wreck a family. He wants to wreck kids. He, I mean, he, he is awful. And so sometimes we can go, well, what's the big deal? Well, you guys, your age, where you're at, the dominoes fall a lot quicker as, as far as the impact of, of mistakes your age. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you, you're not in middle school anymore. It's not like, oh, that was stupid. Like, nope, <laughs> no, now you, now you live with it. You live with it. Someone else lives with it. Okay, and, and, and so these are, these are things to really think about. In Romans 13, uh, 13 and 14, it says, let us walk properly as in the daytime. I love how he says that, as in the daytime. When do our bad decisions typically take place? At night, right? At night. Daytime, you are like, you know, got your, got your Bible, you're like walking to class, you know, sitting down, hey, how's it going? Oh, nothing, yeah, I was just reading my Bible, you know, I do that during the, during the day, during the day, I do that, during the day. And then all of a sudden, there you are, it's Saturday night, or Friday night, and you are 
not reading your Bible. Let's put it that way. <laughs> You're doing a lot of other things, right? Okay? So I just love, like, like Paul's like, I get it, you know? Walk as it is in the daytime. Just think daytime, okay? And I think that would be a great thought for all of us, right? Is this, like right now, is this a daytime activity? Nope. Okay, I shouldn't be doing it, right? Um, and, and, and so think about that. Is it a daytime? And, and then he goes into this list. He goes, so let's walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on, he says, the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Okay, so, so literally he lists all these just gnarly things that are happening here in your culture, in your world, in the lives of your friend groups. And he says, get rid of, of that, okay? That, that is not who you're called to be. That's not what you're to be about, right? And he talks about sexual immorality, sex outside of how God's designed it, then in marriage. And then he talks about what? He says drunkenness, right? It's, it's tough to go, well, drunkenness back then meant something different than it does now, okay? So it's okay now. Like, no, no, it is what it is. Like, that's not like there wasn't some foreign Greek thing that, oh, drunkenness now. Like, no, it is what it is there, okay? It's very clear, okay? And, and, and so um, that's, these are all things that you have no business taking hold of, putting on. He says, no, put on Jesus. Put on Jesus. And so, you guys, I think the common thing when it comes to, like, your, your body and, and the things that you guys are wrestling with is, um, and, and when you see friends struggling and, 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 and in some way trying to justify their actions, you guys, you see the effects of some of these things and how they distort you. And I think that's one of the things that is so dangerous. Um, it's not when it's clear. It's when truth is distorted. And so that's why we have to grow in our understanding of truth because truth pushes back on distortion. Truth allow brings distortion to the surface and so we have to study we have to grow in that we have to gain an understanding guys there is a reason at our church we have a very meticulous discipleship program and then we have a school of bible and then launching in the fall school of ministry it is a clear designed pathway to grow people in their understanding and application of truth because we see that is the biggest thing when people are falling off the wagon Okay? And, and, and so there's a reason behind it. It's not like, hey, we should just do this. Like, no, it's a priority because we care so deeply about people being able to navigate this in their, in their own life and then in the relationships that, there are, that they are surrounded with. Um, you guys, these are major issues that you're navigating through. And, and I just, I can't encourage you enough, even for some of you that are moving on um, and going to different places, you have to make a commitment to continuing to study God's word to growing in that, growing in your understanding, because culture is just like going at a pace that is absolutely insane. Uh, and you want to be equipped to be able to navigate these things that are happening in your life and in your friend's life, because guess what? Culture doesn't wait for you to catch up, does it? Right? And I think we've all had a friend, a situation that has caught us off guard, huh? Where you were shocked. And, and you literally were like, and then, and then, it, and you literally had to gather yourself like, okay, so then what do I do here? Like, what do I do? 
And, and that's really, really tough. Uh, especially when hopefully you love that other person. And, and, and so, um, you guys, um, I think the theme, if there's a theme, it's we have to help people arrive at truth. And if they're your friend, what's awesome is God has strategically placed you in their life, which is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to help be a voice. It's, it's an opportunity to help them hear his voice and to listen well, to be slow to speak, right? And, and, and to hear the heart that's in that person and what's happening. A lot of times, you guys, I'm amazed at the hurt that's in a person when they're making decisions and I, and I listen to them. I, I come away and I'm grieved for them because I hear their story. I hear their background. I hear what they've been through. And guys, um, we're so quick to label somebody by something they've done. And that's just not how God defines us, is it? And so we have to be really careful uh, in that because it, when you're quick to just label someone, that's your flesh. That's not God. God's called us out of that, right? And, and, and so he wants to use you in their life to bring renewal, redemption, right? Hope, healing, peace, the fruit of the Spirit, okay? And so I pray that you're used in that way. I pray that God uses you, um, and, uh, and I pray that he just continues to use our church in that as, as we try and teach the truth.